What's up, folks? It is Thursday night. Yes, Friday Eve. For those who like to keep track of today's week, it is Thursday. And tonight, with us via the phillysportstrips.com hotline, Bill Warnell, he'll be on with us here momentarily as we get the show underway here. A fantastic day by Philly Sports Trips and the event that they had with the meet and greet with Charlie Manuel. I do have an interview with them that I will make sure I put all together and then put it out there on social media so you guys can see what Charlie had to say. Charlie Manuel, still to this day, at 78 years old, extremely, extremely sharp. And any question that you ask for Charlie, Charlie has a good answer for. So the man provided so much great content for us today. It was a lot of fun to meet Charlie finally, to thank him for the 2008 World Series Championship, along with the 2009 as well, going back for a National League Championship. Uh, but it was a great time. In Clearwater, so thanks to Philly Sports Trips for putting it together. It was a from 12 to 3 this afternoon, just a fantastic time, and the weather could not be any better. Blue skies, 79 degrees when the event started. By the time the event was over, it was 85 degrees and still blue, sunny skies. And that's the one great thing about being out here in Florida versus being up north that I do miss at times being back home. But that weather is absolutely phenomenal. So tonight, we'll be getting into some Eagles talk as one gentleman was let go, as I was just told, as me running around throughout the whole entire day today. I ended up missing out. Also, some breaking news from the Raiders as well. Signing, well, one of the bigger wide receivers that probably everyone's trying to get. And on top of the only ones looking to seem to be getting for Deshaun Watson, his services, Atlanta was out today, which only leaves New Orleans. And what the asking price is, is pretty steep. Could the Eagles match it? And do the Eagles want to, went and want to match it? We'll ask Bill, along with the rest of the panel. So, just hang on tight. I'll show you the picture later on with Charlie, with Vince, uh, with Kavanaugh. I mean, it was, again, a great day. But with that being said, it is episode 124, and welcome to Bros Free South. Of course, the other gentleman that I cannot do the show without, that I always see him dancing in the background, and one day you guys will see him dancing on the screen as well. It is my co-host, the godfather, Mike Foo. <laughs> Bougie, what's going on tonight? Happy Friday, March Madness. Taking all Fletcher Cox out of here. How he extended, I don't know why. The Raiders just acquired Devontae Adams from the Packers for some draft picks. Angel, how are you? Mr. Warndell, the Philly sports legend in the house. Let's get the show rocking, me, you, and Ryan. Let's go, Angel. Let's get it all. Yes, sir. As we also have our national correspondent back with us again for the second time. It's a record in a week that our national correspondent is back with us. So there he is, Ryan Neff. And by the way, Ryan, happy St. Patty's Day to you, sir. And happy St. Patty's Day to everybody out there. A lot of stuff going on today. March Madness, Raiders acquire Adams. There's all kinds of, uh, the Eagles release Fletcher Cox. All kinds of stuff going on today. My buddy, they always sign a three-year deal. Why? I don't know. Jeff, what are you doing? Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea either. But, hey, listen, that's just the way things go. And I see a couple comments coming in here. Joseph Stinger, hi from Florida. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Made some great people, by the way. Monday during the uh, – the party cruise, and then today over at the, uh, again, over at the meet and greet with Charlie. And as always, Tom, Tara, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Happy St. Patty's Day to you, Tom and Tara, you and your wife. 
Five years, $141 million is what uh, Tom is writing up there. So, listen, thanks to everyone who's tuning in. And, by the way, on the line with us tonight, the legend, because he is a Philadelphia Hall of Fame legend. Also for WCHE, 1520 AM, out there in Chester County, the host of Sports Chatter, the Sports Hall of Fame. And if I can say anything else, the pioneer. It is legendary. Bill Warnell with us on the line. Bill, how are you this evening? Gentlemen, I'm doing very, very well. Joining you guys, uh, I'm envious of you, Angel, because you're down in Florida. I know the weather is nice up here, but I'd much rather be in a warm weather climb, whether it be Florida or California. See, Bill, you're going to have to make the trip down here. Therefore, you can go ahead and enjoy the rest of the weather with us down here because it, it is absolutely fantastic. This time of the year, Bill, I will say it is the best time to hang out, whether it's the beach or a park or anything else, because just another shy month from now, the humidity goes up to a thousand percent and then it gets really ridiculous. But I don't mind the heat. I enjoy it. So, but again, thanks for joining us. And and anytime you want to come down here, the palace is always open. Thank you very much, Angel. Appreciate that. No problem. So today, as we just found out not too long ago, uh, apparently the Eagles let go of Fletcher Cox. Uh, not, I don't want to say not too surprising because it doesn't seem surprising that the Eagles will finally make that move. It might've been, you know, two years too long for him to be around, but then again, we don't know. So I'd like to get your thoughts here, starting out right out of the gate with Fletcher Cox. And then what did the Eagles need to do? I guess at that point to replace, uh, good old Fletcher Cox. Well, here's the thing, Angel. I think too many times you cannot depend on a guy when he reaches a certain age in the National Football League. They gave him a mega contract because he's one of the premier tackles in the game. But we saw the erosion of talent the last couple of years. And I've said to a number of people, trade him a year too early rather than a year too late. Look, they, they did the same thing with Zach Ertz. I think they could have secured a second-round pick if they would have traded him right when he turned down that contract extension. And I felt very strongly about Fletcher Cox a year and a half ago, that it was time to move on from Fletcher Cox. I mean, again, the legendary coach and general manager, Paul Brown, once told me, they'll be tolerated until they can be replaced. And if you're a good organization, you always have to be looking at replacing every player on your roster. You can't have any sentimentality towards a player. I mean, yeah, you want to treat them good. Everybody says, well, Teams, uh, players won't come to my organization if you treat them like a, a raw piece of meat. No, that's not true. When you put that big money on the table, they don't care how you treat, treated a previous player. So I really believe a lot of times in sports, you look back on the Phillies, when Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins and, and Ryan Howard were getting long in the tooth, they went too long with these guys. And that's the other thing. If you have great player development, you can dip into your minor leagues. If you did a good job drafting players, you can dip in and have a guy ready to step in for a perennial all-pro or all-star. And that's always been my feeling. Trade them a year too early rather than a year too late. It's so true. So true. Fuji? Well, Bill, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Um, I agree with you. I've been – been saying to get rid of Fletcher Cox for the last couple of years. I mean, what do you replace him with? I believe they don't have it right now. And 
That's why you probably got to go out in the draft with that first pick and either trade up and get one of these studs from Georgia, defensive tackle now. But, you know, I think the writing's been on the wall, and Fletcher Cox just has lost a step. What are your uh, – you're abs- Michael, you're absolutely correct. I mean, he had a great game against the Detroit Lions, but we could have a great game against the Detroit Lions, all right? So you, you exactly. can't say, oh, Fletcher Cox had a, a, a good – he had a subpar year for what he was being paid. And, again, you have to look at a player three ways. Is he ascending? Is he leveling off? Or is he descending? And at certain point in their career, if you're a good evaluator of talent, you can see a player starting to level off. And then when he starts leveling off, then he starts declining. You want to trade him when he starts that downward spiral towards leveling off. Because he's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So that's the key thing when player evaluation. That's why it's so important that your personnel people are so aware of players. I mean, uh, uh, how are they doing? Are they progressing? If they're not progressing, if they're starting to regress, you got to start thinking, how do we get rid of them? How do we make a move to upgrade our roster? And I think many times in today's NFL, certain people fall in love with players. You can't fall in love with players. Players are a commodity. And you have to make sure that, hey, we have to develop our own talent, pushing starters for a job. And then when the time is right, say, okay, let's move on from Fletcher Cox. Now, they gave them a mega deal. That's the one thing that really hurts them because of the dead cap money. But Again, I'm a strong proponent of moving a guy a year too early or even a year and a half too early rather than a year too late. Bill, as far as that, I mean, it really wasn't a shocker, but Howie Roseman going into his last year was extended today by Jeff Lurie for three more years. I give Howie credit where it's due, but, you know, with some players, but I just don't have faith in his drafts. What's your take of it? Well, I have never been a strong proponent of Howie Roseman. And he's not going anywhere in the foreseeable future. He's got a three-year contract. As long as Mr. Lorry owns the team, he has supreme confidence in Howie Roseman. But if you look at some of the draft, the Marcus Smith draft, you look at Jalen Rager draft, you look at J.J.R. Sega Whiteside, you look at Andre Dillard, All these guys were premium picks. They are the nucleus for building a franchise. You can't strike out on guys like that. Jalen Rager, by our last guy in the NFL draft, was the 11th rated wide receiver. The guy they should have taken was Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson would have been that guy. And maybe if they take Jefferson, I don't have a problem with Devontae Smith, he had an outstanding year. But could you see Justin Jefferson and Micah Parsons on the same team together? You think they're closer be... to the Super Bowl than you are now? No doubt. Be lights out. Yep. That's absolutely well, true. Bill, again, thanks for joining us. Um, to piggyback off that, and because they gave Howie the extension, do you think that it is, it is imperative 
that Howie hits on these next couple of drafts or he's going to be walking out the door? Well, this is a very important time for him. Howie's got three first-round picks this year. He's got to maneuver the draft better than he's ever maneuvered. Now, look, there may be a team that wants a quarterback, a Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett or a Matt Corral. And so I say, okay, I'll give you maybe the 15th pick in the draft, but I want your first-round pick this year, and I want either a first-rounder or a second-rounder next year. Because you want to build up that draft capital. The more draft picks you have, the better off you are because that's the way you build the foundation for a team going forward. It's very important in the NFL, like any other sport, sustainability. It's one thing to win a Super Bowl, but you have to stay on that, that course. You can't take four steps backwards and then take two steps forward. I mean, they won a Super Bowl in 2018. They made the playoffs this year because they expanded the playoffs. They were embarrassed. Both the Eagles and the Steelers were embarrassed in the first round of the playoffs. How close do you think the Eagles, I'm going to ask you guys the question, are they from being a viable Super Bowl contending team? Well, if I had to guess right now, I would say at least a good five years from now, and I don't think they're anywhere remotely close to being a Super Bowl contending team. Angel, that's a little, uh, that's, that's a little off, off base. I think they're two or three years away from, two years from being a viable Super Bowl contending team. But it's very important that they hit on these draft picks, especially the early rounds, and then you get a steal or two in the late rounds. I think they're about two solid years away from being a viable Super Bowl contending team. I agree. Well, that, that, I was going to say, Bill, I mean, that's why I said about Howie Roseman. I mean, he could have had Justin Jefferson. He could have had a Jamar Chase. Instead, he took Rager. He took Devontae Smith, who, okay, he had a decent season. But if, if he doesn't hit on this year's draft, and he does. I, I think they need to go out and get a veteran receiver, Bill. To be quite honest with you, a little bit of leadership in there, mm-hmm. bringing somebody who's got a lot of experience in the locker room. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I think this draft coming up is one of the most important in Harry Roseman's career. No question about it. And, and I'm not going to argue about a veteran receiver. I mean, there's guys like Allen Robinson out there, but what is the cost going to be? That's the key thing. How much is it going to cost you as far as cap money is concerned? That's a very interesting. Now, Allen Robinson hasn't signed with anybody right now. Um, And we mentioned earlier that Devontae Adams is on his way to Baltimore uh, for a couple of high draft picks. I mean, again, Baltimore is saying we're all in. We want to give Lamar Jackson as many weapons as possible. And that's what the Eagles' philosophy should be in this upcoming draft and free agency, we've got to surround our quarterback with as many playmakers as we can. Well, no, I have to call you off. Actually, Allen Robinson got picked up today by the Rams. I think it was a three year deal. Got picked up by the Rams today. Yeah. Okay. All right. I did not see that, but that, that's a good pickup for the Rams. Oh, yeah. Of course they lost Odell Beckham. And of course they, they didn't, they didn't, uh, uh, offer him a contract because he's coming off that knee, but 
Allen Robinson's a good pickup for the Rams. So he was signed today, obviously, by the Rams, correct? Right. Three years, I I think he got a $30 million sign bonus. I, I forget what the numbers well, are. It's exactly. not too bad. Not, I, I, but, it well. just seems like these receivers are flying off the board. I know Jarvis Landry's well, still out the there. Deal. Here's the deal. There's one guy, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, who could be sitting there in the middle of the first round. And he could be a great compliment to Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. Big physical receiver. That's what they need. A big physical receiver. There's another kid from USC. Big physical receiver. Both those guys would be really plugging in play for the Eagles almost immediately. So that's what they, if they can't get it in free agency, and I don't go out and spend stupid money in free agency, you, you can probably, they're probably going to get a second or third tier veteran wide receiver now that Robinson's off the board. But again, I, and I don't think Robinson, after the Reddick signing three years, 45 million, that they had a lot of money that they could go out there and spend on a, a guy like Robinson. They'll have to look at a second or third tier wide receiver. Now you're going to say, well, you drafted Devontae Smith the first round last year, Jalen Rager two years ago. Aren't you spending a lot of time on wide receivers? Well, you made the mistake with Rager. You got you to cut bait right now with Rager. Maybe another franchise, he can reinvent himself. But right now, coming back to Philadelphia, He's going to be under intense pressure from the fans, especially anything he does in a negative fashion. The fans are all over. We heard it last year, uh, late in the season, when they were all over Jalen Rager, even when he got back to return punts. So I think they would be better served to move on from Jalen Rager. I would agree with you, Bill, 100%. In case you're joining us uh, right now live here in Tampa out of the direct LG Direct Sales Solution Studios and on the phillysportstrips.com hotline, Bill Warndell, the host of Sports Chatter of Chester County on WCHE 1520 AM, PA Sports Hall of Famer. Of course, you guys know PA as in Pennsylvania in case for those who are watching from other places like Florida. But Bill, the one thing I, I, I will say is that you, I'm going to go back a little bit when you talked about stupid money and I'm going to switch gears now with a different team being the Texans. So Deshaun Watson being pursued apparently first by Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. They said the asking price was going to be too steep. So they decided to go away, which then left Atlanta and New Orleans. Atlanta this morning decided to say, well, you know what? For us, we're kind of out too because what New Orleans, I guess the asking price where they're putting in there is three first round picks. I don't believe all three this year. But three first-round picks, which I believe one is for this year, two for the uh, the following years, and also a couple of players to be named as well as they keep shifting that around. If the Eagles were looking to upgrade from Jalen Hurts, is that asking price too much for Deshaun Watson? Meaning is three number one picks extremely high knowing the depth issues that the Eagles have currently on their roster? No question about it. My good friend Seth Kimmerer said, if you're one player away, you felt that Deshaun Watson was the guy that would get you to the Super Bowl. They're not one player away. They have an atrocious defense. They've got to upgrade their defense and become one of the better defenses in the NFL. They have so many holes as far as when you look at the, the wide receiving core. After Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith, 
You have to upgrade that position. You have to look at even running back to, to upgrade. You've got to get a backup tight end to Dallas Goddard. I mean, Jackson is hurt. Stoll is basically a blocker. So, I mean, you, you have to upgrade that position. I mean, there's many, many areas that the Eagles need to upgrade and that they just can't say, okay, as you mentioned, three first round picks, a few players. Eagles can't afford to do that. They cannot afford to do that because they're not that close to being a Super Bowl contending team. I don't know what you guys think. I don't think they're that close. And you make a big mistake by mortgaging your future. It's one thing if you're like the Rams that says, we're all in. They don't have a first-round pick, I don't think, until 2024 or 2025. But they said, look, we're close. We have the elements on this team. Good defense led by Aaron Donald. Uh, They had some great wide receiver, Robert Woods and company. Uh, Cooper Cup, outstanding player. So they had the players in place and a decent, a, a good offensive line. The Eagles cannot say that. They've got too many holes, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You're absolutely right. Fuji? Bill, as you were saying, I mean, they do have – I believe me, I'd love to see Deshaun Watson here, but the, like you said, the mortgage or future, you're cutting your nose off to spot your face. And the thing of it is, I, I mean, you only got one – you only got Darius Slay in that secondary right now, coming back under contract. I know they talked about Marcus Epps possibly being starting at safety. The rumors that they like him, but you don't have enough. You don't have another corner playing opposite as Darius Slay, and you don't have two safeties. Do you possibly see them going after a Honey Badger, or possibly bringing Rodney McLeod back? Well, I, I think it's it's really dangerous to bring both those veteran guys back. Again, they're at that age, 30 years old. You know, uh, I would not bring them back. You also mentioned they have to help uh, solidify the other corner. Steven Nelson's a free agent as well. And remember, Darius Slay is not 28 years old. He'll be 32 years old next year. Right. How much more are they going to be able to milk out of Darius Slay? Had an outstanding year this year. Can he continue to do that? That's so important. I would not be opposed to drafting a young corner and plug him in this season. Well, Bill, just to touch on what you're saying, I this team has needed a shutdown corner for the longest time. You know, to me, it's like how he can make the trades, he can make the signings. You know, he's hit on some guys, but he. There's a certain positions he can't hit on. He can't hit on receiver. He can't hit on D-back. I mean, I mean, you're playing against the, the, the likes of Devont, you know, the guys in this division, whether it's a scary Terry McLaurin, a C.D. Lamb, whether it was, you know, Amari Cooper just going to Cleveland. Like, you got to, I mean, Devontae Adams, you got to touch on getting a corner that's going to shut these guys down the way the passing game is today. Don't you agree? No question about it. I mean, you need a shutdown corner, but you just don't dial nine one one and get a shutdown corner. I mean, a lot <laughs> exactly. of kids, uh, people like to steal. Nah, buddy, get out of LSU. An excellent corner. There's another kid by the name of uh, Booth from Clemson is a, a good-looking player. There's some good corners 
in the first and second round. It's not always the first round picks. You got to hit on those later picks. That is so important to player development in the National Football League. Uh, you know, oh. everybody looks at the glamour first and second round pick, right. but the, the the most teams who are good depend on the later round. They get depth, and hopefully, the guys will develop into starters. I mean, you can look at well, we can talk about Tom Brady to a blue in the face. Yeah. He's a six round pick, but Ter- uh, Terrell Davis. Uh, Rodney Harrison was a late-round pick, a mid-round pick. That's what you have to look at. You know, you have to hit. And the Eagles had a very good draft last year, a very good draft. Everybody contributed from that draft. Milton Williams, uh, Landon Dickerson, Devontae Smith. That's what you want to have, whether it's a starter or a guy pushing a starter for a position. That is so, so important. Uh, for a team uh, to continue to progress into a Super Bowl contending team. Bill, with all this being said and seeing that the asking price for Deshaun Watson was too much, I'm going to ask you point blank. Does this organization believe in Jalen Hurts 100%? Well, I'm not going to say 100%. I, I think they have reservations, but again, you have to look at it this way. Do we mortgage the future? Remember next year's draft, uh, led by the, the quarterback from Ohio State, there's about four or five guys who are being touted. Now, that all changes every year. You know, a guy may be touted in April, and then he does not play as well during the regular season. But next year's draft could be a banner year uh, for quarterbacks in the draft. So I, I think you have to give Jalen Hurts another year. You've got to see if you surround them with the right weapons, how does he progress as a quarterback? And, you know, everybody talks about franchise quarterback. I get so tired of hearing that word. You know, when, when you hear franchise quarterback, well, Patrick Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes has won one Super Bowl. He was shut down in the, the game against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. This year, he couldn't get to the Super Bowl. He lost in the NFC, AFC championship game. I mean, again, when you, you, you depend on one player, one player, a quarterback, to get you over the hump, that's great. But there are other players that have to contribute. I mean, why has Bill Belichick been so successful? You can say, well, Tom Brady. But he's also had a very solid defense over those years. The Ravens won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco had a great defense. That's the key. You have to have the other components in place. It's great to have a great quarterback. How many how many Super Bowls has Aaron Rodgers won? One. One. How many times has he been bounced out of the NFC Championship uh, round? I think three times. Correct. Correct. Last three and four in a row. It's, it's exactly, but it's not always about hey, the franchise quarterback. Carson Wentz is going to be our franchise quarterback. He's changed places three times in three years. First time a quarterback has done that since 1950. Prehistoric times in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. You bring up, there was a point I was going to bring up as Sean actually kind of alluded to it, but Sean Kerrigan says uh, breaking news the Raiders are in the final stages of trading for Packers star wide receiver Devontae Adams, who receives a new contract that makes him the highest paid 
wide receiver in the NFL, a blockbuster trade that Las Vegas sends back a first-round pick, potentially more picks in a player, which then leads me to, leave, to believe here, Bill, Aaron Rodgers, again, as we talked we talked about literal on Tuesday, and we had mentioned on the show here that it seems that he stated it wasn't about the money. Now it comes out to be, I guess, in the end about the money because he's getting paid as the highest quarterback in NFL history. So with Devontae Adams, it's, sorry, go ahead. It's, it's always about the money. Don't let anybody fool you. It's don't tell me, oh, this guy came to this franchise because it wasn't about the money. It was about the money. It's always about the money. It's just like Bryce Harper with the Phillies. Bryce Harper, great player. How many world championships does he have on his resume? None. Zero. All right. I mean, great player, $330 million. If he has that contract, he'll be on, he'll have a cane go on the right field. That's <laughs> yeah, true. But Bill, yeah, it makes uh, me, it, it, and I was alluding to as far as like Devontae Adams now being the traded to the Raiders. Do these, as far I, as. I, 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 I'm sorry. I thought you said Ravens. I, I'm sorry about Lamar Jackson. The oh. Raiders. Well, the Raiders obviously look at the division. The, the, the Chargers have upgraded with all their moves in the offseason. Right. All right. You got Kansas City, very solid. You got Denver. And now you have the Raiders. So everybody's all in on the uh, on the table right now in the AFC West. That right. that division's going to be a barn burner this year. Exactly. Yeah, it is. There'll be a lot of betting on betting on the over there. <laughs> yeah, that it will be. But it it the the for me if if Devontae obviously now ends up with the Raiders, do these guys in in the locker room do they still believe in Aaron Rodgers and what Green Bay is doing, Bill? Or now with Devontae Adams being traded over to the Raiders, maybe maybe he enjoys it. Maybe he's going. Yeah, it's going to be something great for for Devontae. But are the guys still believing and trusting Aaron Rodgers for the next four years in that clubhouse? Well, I, I certainly think they still believe in Aaron Rodgers. No question. I mean, he he makes average receivers look very good. The Lazar kids played well for him in the last few years. He was a, you know a late round pick, I believe, or a free agent. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he makes players better. And that's the, that's a mark of a good player, a good quarterback, making the players around him better. That is the key is this quarterback getting the most out of his, all his weapons. Some guys have the weapons, but they can't make it happen. I mean, you, you wonder what happened to Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I mean, he had a great running attack. They had some pretty good wide receivers. They had a very good offensive line in front of them. And he laid an egg down the stretch. I mean, does he make the players around him better? Does he bring their level of their uh, ability level up to a certain level? And that's so important. No, it is. It's extremely important. And, you know, the one thing that that today, it made you think a little bit here because as we're talking about players in the locker room and everything else, we had the opportunity of meeting Charlie Manuel today, the 2008 World Series uh, champion as far as the manager for the Philadelphia Phillies. And he shared a part of the interview that would be broadcasted a little bit later on in its entirety. But he had stated, and Bill, you've been around Philadelphia for many, many years. We know that in this town, it is extremely hard to either A, impress someone, or B, follow up with what you did the year before. 
And as Charlie explained to us, you know, his with the guys that he had with Chase, with Ryan, that just because they had a good year, let's just say in, in 2006, it didn't mean that 2007 they're going to do that same kind of production. But he said he also enjoys the Philadelphia fan base because if you can't take the players, or not the players, but the fans in Philly, then it basically you can't handle the pressure of what you're asked for from whether it being from the NFL, the Major League Baseball, from the NBA. And 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 it has a lot of validity to it because the way I look at it is, it, yes, we are tough with, you know, whether it's an Eagles player, whether it's a Phillies player, but we do it because – Yes, we do try to make them better. And obviously ourselves too, for those of us who worked in Philadelphia, we know it's it's a tough city. It's much they can say about New York, but Philly's very tough for us because we try to make ourselves better. Players like Ben Simmons that we've nope. seen that we've seen come and go. It is is that too much pressure for some of these guys to to deal with as far as the Philly fan base? Some players, that's a very good point, Angel. Some players want to avoid Philadelphia. Really? because they don't want to have that constant scrutiny every day on sports talk radio, every day on the internet, every day on the newspaper. Some players do not like that. And they, they want to kind of fly under the radar. They don't want to be questioned about what happened here, what happened there. I mean, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how, how the fan base reacts this year with the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies haven't been in the playoffs since 2011, people are getting a little anxious now. You have the MVP of the National League on your squad. They just got Kyle Schwarber. There's a lot of pressure on Harper and the Phillies to get in the postseason, especially when the postseason's been expanded. All right? Very, very, a lot of pressure. And some guys can't handle the pressure. Bill, just to shift gears on touch on the Sixers, what was your whole take of the James Harden-Ben Simmons trade? Well, they had to get rid of uh, Simmons. I, I didn't like that the Drummond was included in the deal, but they were not going to make the Harden deal un unless Curry and uh, Drummond were part of that deal. I, I thought with Drummond coming off the bench and with the injury history that uh, Embiid has had, Drummond was the perfect backup because if Embiid goes down, you had a guy who was a starter and a young starter that could come in and give you significant minutes and significant games. And they would miss a beat because of Embiid's offensive ability. But defensively, Drummond was an outstanding player. And I don't think with DeAndre Jordan, uh, that's the same situation. I, I think it's going to be very tough. Now, the future is now with Harden and Embiid. They, they're all in. If they don't want a championship within the next two years, believe me, the Harden deal will go down as not a good deal, especially if Simmons becomes a – he's a great defensive force out there. And if he – because he doesn't need the basketball with the Nets, all right? They've got enough scores. But if he becomes that shutdown guy in the playoffs, boy, people will start to question it. The Sixers have to get – to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, where that deal is very questionable. Do you possibly see Doc Rivers being on the hot seat as of right now? Well, he better get him to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, That's all I got to say. 
Because if he doesn't get in the Eastern Conference Finals, Mike, we got problems, real problems. Because they put all the cards on the table and they expect this team uh, with Embiid and, and Harden to get to the final, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals and hopefully the NBA Finals. But the, if they don't make it to the finals in the East, I think you got to start looking at this trade. Was it a good trade? Bill, would you say would, if Brooklyn makes it? Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Bill. I was just going to say, would you say that the last three or four games that the Sixers have played has exposed their weakness on the bench now? Oh, absolutely. Their their bench is very very weak. I mean, they, they don't even have a decent rotation. I mean, Miang has not played up to his standards. I mean, Fort, uh, Horkon uh, has been almost non-existent. I mean, uh, Shake Milton's up and down. I mean, there's a lot of questions about the bench. Now, Bill, I have two things. One, I got a question coming in from our local Tampa correspondent, also the newly hired Toronto Blue Jay, Dylan Spaulding. He says, uh, do you think that the Phillies need to make another big move? They had opportunities to go after Trout and Bryant to compliment Harper, but they end up bringing in Schwarber, who is basically replacing Kutch's production. Well, again, Schwarber is not the defensive player McCutcheon was. Their defense is very suspect right now. Uh, who's going to be the shortstop? Who's going to be the third baseman? Right. Uh, who's your first baseman? There's a lot. Of, who's your center fielder? I mean, there's a lot of questions on this team. You know, mm. and I know that, that, that Middleton does not want to go over the luxury tax, but the owner and the, with the Mets is already over the luxury tax, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won the $300 million. You know, he wants to win. And, you know, when, when, when Middleton made that comment, I'll spend foolish money. And Scott Boris heard it. He used him like a bass fiddle at a concert. And uh, he had the Phillies bidding against themselves when they signed Harper. He Bill. does that all the time. Yeah, go ahead. Nah, not to call you off. Who's going to lead off for this team? That's, I mean, that's a huge question. What's that? Who's going to lead off for the Phillies? Schwarber's going to lead off. That's the early lineup. No. Schwarber will be the leadoff hitter. I know. Because he can work the count and uh, that they like his on-base percentage. Now, I know the question was asked to Charlie Manuel again today on the meet and greet from Philly Sports Trips out here in, in Clearwater, Florida. And they, they asked him if how did he felt about Abdul Herrera being back. <laughs> Charlie said, minus the shenanigans, to, to put it in, in the most politest terms, what he does away from the field, he does not agree with. But he said he's the most unappreciated player in Major League Baseball. He said, uh, according to the discipline that he has on the field, the potential of always getting better and that and what he brings to the table, that's what Charlie liked. Minus what happened with him. And obviously there were some people in the crowd that, that weren't too happy that Abdul was back. But Charlie believes in him. And I have to say, you know, with Charlie, obviously been around, which, I, again, surprising, the man's been around Major League Baseball, let alone baseball for 60 years. He, you know, he, he didn't really have anything bad to say about him, but he, he felt very reluctant to not, you know, not super praise him, but at the same time say that he definitely will help this team out this year. 
I don't know how you feel personally as far as when it comes to Abdul Herrera coming back. Do you like the move the Phillies ended up bringing him back, or was it something that the Phillies just needed to fill a void? That they had to fill that void in center field. But again, Charlie Emanuel is correct. Too many times Abdul Herrera looks like, boy, this guy's going to be a superstar. And there's other times where he commits some of the most stupidest things on a baseball field. Dumb, dumb things. I mean, that is one area you have to be instinctive. And I don't think Herrera is instinctive enough for me. When I brought him back, especially the situation, probably because I don't have many options. I mean, again, center field, left field, even though Swerber's been signed, your defense is very, very average to below average right now. Well, as far as the pitching on this team, do you think they upgraded the bullpen? Well, they're hoping that Hand and Fabia uh, are going to be good additions. But again, we've seen the last two years, uh, their their bullpen is like kerosene, pouring kerosene on the fire. How many blown saves last year? What, 34 or 35? Yeah. It was unbelievable. So they're hoping that the, the bullpen is going to get better with, with the addition of Fibi and, and Hand, and hopefully Sir Anthony Dominguez will be back. I mean, but this bullpen has been so erratic the last couple of years. Let me tell you something. You better have four-leaf clovers in both of your pockets when they, when they go to the bullpen. Yeah. I, I wish yeah, I would say you were wrong, Bill. You're absolutely correct. And, it, and it's, just, it's a shame because they are. The Philly faithful are becoming really, really impatient at, at this point. And you can hear it even with the crowd today. They have a right to be. Right. They you have can, a right to be impatient. Yeah, because especially like for me, and, and again, this is my own opinion, but I think to me like 2009, first of all, was the turnaround not that we wanted to see because it just seemed like in that clubhouse there were more, I guess, awaiting to see. Number one, they didn't come off the high from the 08 World Series win because they were too focused upon either A, getting back there again, winning again for a second time. And it also seemed like some of the guys, after it was all said and done, that all they wanted to do was get ready to play golf. And I listen, you have an entire offseason, do whatever you want to do. That's your business. But to me, that's when the wheels started coming off and didn't get any better. So now... You know, here we are in 22. We hope things are going to get better. Joe Girardi, I know that people feel like he should be on the hot seat. To me, it's too early to put Girardi out there as far as on the hot seat. But something has to change with this team and with the entire organization. I don't know how much they have as far as, and and I don't want the winning now mentality like what the Mets have. The Mets want to win so desperately right now that they're they're pretty much like the Dallas Cowboys. They're just throwing everything out on the table to acquire whoever they want from the talented side. The same way with the Atlanta Braves because they're dying just dying to do it all over again. But for me, for the Phillies, you might be, you know, become patient because we haven't seen for the last two years anyone coming up from the minor leagues, obviously because of COVID. And then last year was a delayed start. So we're not seeing what's out there in the farm, in the system. I know being down here in Clearwater, we had the opportunity of seeing it last year when the season started late. But unfortunately, a lot of guys that were with the team in 2020, of course, weren't around last season. And it'll be interesting to see who made the cut come this year once they get their season started off on April 8th. So it'll be good to see who's going to be in our farm system. But it comes down to patience. Obviously, we don't want the Phillies, as you stated earlier, we don't want to see any stupid money being spent because then you're locked into these contracts like in our Pujols for 10 years and you got absolutely nothing out of it, not a championship or anything else. So I know we have to be patient. I get I understand it. But yes, it is getting to the point where the Phillies 
do have to do something because this lockout didn't do them any better. And that's the entire MLB all the way around. It didn't help them out any much more. And with the Phillies, they have to find a way to start bringing guys back here. And I know, as you said earlier, a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys don't want to come here because yes, we are tough. We are tough on the, you know, on the players that, that come here with the managers that come here the same way. I'm pretty sure doc rivers is feeling a little bit of heat when it comes to the fan base in Philly, but we hope that the Phillies end up at one point or another, at least start to make that turn. I hope. Angel, let's look at the Phillies right now. The Phillies, in my opinion, are the fourth best team, maybe the fifth best team in the division. Right. Would you agree? Atlanta's stronger. Yeah. The Mets are stronger. The Marlins are younger, and they a lot of those guys got a lot of experience. They're a better team. Now the Phillies are battling with the Washington Nationals for that fourth place position. But I, I really don't see the Phillies being a viable playoff contending team. Do you? No, not at all. I I, no. I don't see it. And like I said, I don't even see it come next year. You either. mentioned the farm system. The it's farm atrocious. system hasn't produced anybody. And they had premium picks the last uh, number of years. Premium. Top of the draft. And nobody's been developed. Nope, not at all. And I was just I was just going to say, to, to follow up with that, let, let's not exclude management from all this because their drafting nope. the last 10 years, Bill, I don't know if you agree, has been horrendous. Well, of course. <laughs> I can't disagree with it because it has been horrendous. They just released Cornelius Randolph, a first-round pick. First-round pick. One of the 15th-round pick, a first-round pick. So they have not been able to use the player development. Look at the great organizations over the years. Why does Tampa Bay do so well? Player development. Why do the Dodgers do so well? Player development. Why do the Yankees, to a certain extent, do well? The player development. Why do the Cardinals every year right in the hunt for the Central Division? Yeah. Because of their farm system. We can't say that. Our farm system is one of the worst in baseball. And you're absolutely right. Those decisions are coming back to bite the Phillies and you know where. Yeah. Well, listen, that's, that's, I, you're talking about the worst farm system. <clears throat> are the Orioles worse than the Phillies? Well, they have a lot of premium picks. They had a lot of top picks now because they can't even find the stadium without without a map. So, I mean, <laughs> but they they that they should be able to develop. But again, they're in a very tough division. Yeah, Toronto, the Red Sox, the Yankees. All right, there's three great teams right there. Huh, not easy, yeah. Bill. But also, so isn't not it in a real? Uh, Pardon me? No, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But no, I mean, you, you talk about a, a tough division. They're, they're in a very, very rough division. The National, uh, the American League East, very tough. I was going to say, as far as the Orioles, I mean, I know they were owned by the Angelos family, and I just, I know years ago they just chose not to spend money on talent anymore. Well, they also play rotisserie baseball, and that's a big mistake when the, the owner and the, his sons are playing rotisserie baseball because that doesn't end well. Right. I mean, you have to understand, you know, player development, 
And in order to really have a solid player development, I was very lucky to be around the late Ruli Carpenter in Dallas for me and Paul Owens. They put a premium on player development. We got to develop our own players and then fill in the gaps where we need to. And that, that's what made the Phillies one of the top franchises in the 70s and early 80s. Going back to when they won the World Series, I mean, you had Lonnie Smith, Keith Moreland, guys that they brought up. They Bob Walk, Marty Boston. Larry Boa, yeah. Bobby Boone. You, you, all those guys came through their system. Pete Rose was a free agent signing, but the, the, the Steve Carlton was a trade for Rick Wise. But they, the core of those players, Bob Boone, Boa, Schmidt, Luzinski, were all developed through the minor leagues. No, here's a here's a bonus question, which I didn't know until today. Again, when Charlie was talking about this, and we know that obviously Ryan Howard here with the Phillies for many many years. Uh, same way when it came to Jim, told me not as many years, but also a Philly as well. If and I don't know if if Fuji might know this one as well, but. Who had more home runs? Was it Ryan Howard and or was it Jim Tomey? As a failure career-wise. Jim Tomey. So that's what I thought is the same exact thing. But actually, Ryan Howard had 309. Jim Tomey had 308. Which I thought, yeah. I mean, you talk, we thought the same thing. A lot of people in the crowd said the same thing. Jim Tomey, nope, it was Ryan Howard only by one, which was, it was surprising Mm. to me. But I also want to mention here too, I have as you're you're speaking, just so everyone can see exactly who you are because they can't see you. We're on the line with us. And we again, we appreciate you coming on with us tonight. I had the picture of you with Mike Quick and with uh, with Merrill Reese. I would like to know, yep. saving the, the one of the better questions for the end of the broadcast here, but I, I would love to know what's it like to, first of all, speak with Merrill Reese. And then I'm pretty sure he's probably told many a stories of what he has seen over the years, whether it be in the Eagles or just the NFL altogether. How is it when you, when you're, when you have the opportunity to speak with Merrill Reese? Well, I've, I've worked with Merrill. I worked his first broadcast. I was a spotter back in 1977 when the late Charlie Swift passed away and committed suicide. And then I came back to work with Merrill and 2015, I believe, 2014. Uh, so Merle is quite a guy. He's the ultimate professional. He works extremely hard, and so does Mike Quick. Uh, they don't just prepare for a game. They over-prepare for games. They know every possible scenario that could be developed. And it's really a pleasure to work with these guys. And I talk to Merle and Mike on a regular basis. And, you know, you, you get their thoughts and you know, they, they'll listen to my thoughts, but it's just a tremendous, tremendous honor and a privilege to work with these guys uh, whenever I do in the broadcast booth. Well, if they ever get the opportunity, you let them know that we would love to have them here on Broad Street South. If they ever, if they ever get the chance, I know they're both extremely busy, especially Merrill Reese, but if they ever want to stop by, same thing. They, they're more than welcome to stop by here at Broad Street South. But I, I want to say, as far as for you now, you know, becoming – a first of all, a, a broadcasting pioneer, Hall of Famer. What's it like when you first start in your career? Again, because I want to save the best questions for the last year. When you start in your career, and obviously it's a, it's a much different era than when you were coming through. Because if you look at it now, 
some guys are extremely lucky when they, they can be found, whether it be in TikTok or YouTube, whatever the case may be. But the broadcasters that we grew up with, myself, not as much as Fuji. Fuji's only like 25 years old, but Ryan Neff, uh, <laughs> as far as us, you know, we, we've seen the hard work, that it can't, the dedication you have to put into it. What's it like starting your career and then to where you are today and the changes that you've seen in the broadcast industry? Well, there's been many changes. I mean, it's, it's a different world entirely. I was very fortunate. I had a lot of great people. I want to mention Bill White, former National League president, former Philly player, uh, Yankee broadcaster. He was, he's my best friend in the world. He gave me a lot of great advice. I worked with the, Les, the, the great Les Kiter, Stan Hockman, Chuck Bednarik. When I started out, I was in awe of these people. And it was, it was just a real learning experience. I mean, Stan would tell me, hey, just back off a little bit. Don't be too strong. But, I mean, it was just a different era. The players were different back then. Today, it, it's a different situation because of social media. I think the players are reluctant to really, uh, you know, make friends with media people because they feel as though they'll, they'll backstab them or what it may be. But back in the day, you'd have everybody's number. Uh, you would you, you may have to go out and have a beer with one one or two players. It was just a different different era. Uh, I mean, it was fun back then. I, I don't I don't envy anybody today because it's a different world entirely. Because especially with the pandemic, will they open up locker rooms now? I know the Phillies have opened up their clubhouse in spring training, mm -hmm. which is great. That's great to know. But you know, I I just think the media has their job to do. I mean, I'm not saying you got to cheap shot people. I, I think there's ways of coming across, of, uh, you know, telling the story. But I, I think today the, the, the franchises across the board are so paranoid of any negative stories that come out. Very, very, very uh, leery of that. And, and they try to keep a lid on everything. Bill, as far as, uh, just to clarify, the Eagles did open up. I believe in the Novacare Hassan Raddick's press conference today. Also, did you have the privilege to work with Bill Campbell at all? Absolutely. I worked with Bill Campbell on the pre and post game show. I, uh, I remember a friend of mine in my high school yearbook said, I hope someday you have an opportunity to work with Bill Campbell. And I said that on the broadcast with Bill. I said, Bill, this is what my buddy said in my yearbook. And he kind of smiled and laughed. But, I, yes, I worked with Bill Campbell, not only as far as a talk show is concerned, but I worked with Bill when he did games with Channel 6 back in the day. I mean, uh, we did Penn football. We did a lot of events. But Bill Campbell was a true Philadelphia legend, a great, great broadcaster. Did the Sixers, did the Phillies, and also the Eagles. The only sport he never did was hockey. But he was a great announcer. He called the game. In 1960, when the Eagles won the world championship, he called Will Chamberlain's 100-point performance. I mean, he was quite a guy. Bill Campbell was truly, truly an icon in Philadelphia broadcasting history. Did you happen? Did you also work with Byron Som? I worked a, a, a couple of baseball games with Byron Som back in the day. Uh, Byron was a, an old school broadcaster 
He came from Fort Worth, Texas. He was a fun guy to be with. He loved to play golf, just loved to go to Bala Golf Club. That, that was his love. I mean, he loved baseball, but I worked with Byron. It was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Great food. I was just going to say, just to touch on you, I don't know if anybody knows, but you're, you have, and you're an author with two books out. Can you touch on that just for a little bit? You mean my book, No Curveballs? Yes. yes. Yeah, well, we started that, you know, and we, we uh, Joe Valley and myself, and the No Curveballs, My Untold Stories. That was a lot of fun putting together. I'm thinking about doing another book, possibly another year or so, because it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, especially for the writer. But it's it's uh, it was so many great memories. I mean, uh, you know, brought back a lot of time. You know, my first interview was with Wilk Chamberlain when he signed that oh, wow. mega deal for two hundred fifty thousand dollars in nineteen sixty seven. I believe he was he was just a really a great player. Now, when anybody says. Michael Jordan, the LeBron James, greatest NBA players. They saw Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain was by far, and there was no such thing as load management with Wilt. 48 and a half minutes one year. That's every game, and plus overtime. So Wilt never came out of a game. Never. And he was, he was a, the most dominant force ever to put on a basketball uniform. And maybe one of the greatest athletes of all times. That is quite incredible. See, the, the stuff that we get to learn, it's absolutely awesome as far as we get, you know, hearing not only from a Hall of Fame broadcaster, but just the stories you get to hear that normally you won't hear anywhere else. And and just kind of fill you in here, Bill, before, you know, we end up wrapping up the show here. Fuji, by the way, is writing a comic book with his best friend, Harry Roseman. They go way back, and he's really upset that they end up doing a three-year deal. But he's writing a, a comic book with Harry Roseman because he, he just he appreciates him so much. So look for that in, in probably the Acme markets, somewhere down the very, very low bottom by the bags where you can see it. But now we like to goof around with, with Fuji here all the time because he gets really fired up when it comes to Harry Roseman. But no, listen, it, it's always... It's good to always hear stories because, again, with you know, referring back to Charlie Manuel, you know, and just hearing the stories that he was telling today, these are things that you would never get to hear because of normally with the with regular media, you know, you're going to hear what's going on with the team, you hear as a broadcaster, you know, the thoughts that they, you know, when the post game, but you miss hearing stories that you just don't hear anywhere else. And we thank you so much for sharing the stories that you've had with us tonight. The same I, way I with will Charlie say did. one thing on your on your broadcast tonight. The one thing I worry about the most is sports franchises are in bed with a gambling element. Yeah. And we had a little tip of the iceberg with Calvin Ridley. I certainly hope he's the only one, but I'm not naive enough to think that Calvin Ridley is the only one. And if we have an explosion of sports gamblers, sports betting by players, and the integrity of the sport is called into question, then we're back to WWF. And that's the unfortunate part about it. But look, the players were for years were told, you can't associate with gamblers, you can't go to casinos and places like that. Now, these franchises have sold themselves out for extra revenue, and it's a real sad commentary on sports today. Oh, you're absolutely and, right. But, but and just have one more. 
Well, I don't want to get into the whole topic of this, but as you're touching on Calvin Ridley, do you think Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I do believe Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But you know what? And I, I documented it in my book. The sad part about Pete Rose, baseball knew about it, and they turned their back on it. You know, why do you think Let's look back, all right? Mike, let's look back when Pete Rose hit 344, became a free agent, Mr. Red, and the Reds let him walk. Don't you smell something there? He was, he was a hometown hero. He was, he was the Reds, and they let him walk in the free agency. Did, did, wouldn't you smell a rat there? Yeah, you're right. Huh? I would. You're um, definitely right. Come to think of it, maybe back then we didn't smell the rat, but maybe right. now we do smell the rat. Because yeah. he deserved the Hall of Fame, certainly, for his accomplishments on the field. And that's the sad commentary. That could have been nipped in the bud many, many years ago before it happened. People knew he was gambling. And baseball should have took steps and said, look, Pete, you can't do this or you're going to be suspended. But because he was putting fannies in the seats. And remember, he was the great white hope. The National League back in the 60s and early 70s was dominated by Hispanic and African-American players. Look at the All-Star games. Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, Henry Aaron, Ernie Banks, Willie McCovey, all those guys. They dominated that National League. All right? So baseball had the great white hope. And they were not going to mess with the great white hope. But they should have. They should have. You're absolutely right. We'll see. Maybe Pete will get in there. Who knows? I mean, it, I, for Barry Bonds and the other guys, I, well, that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day. Well, here, here's the deal. With Barry Bonds and Clemens, they were Hall of Famers before all this stuff came out. All right? Here's the deal. There's one guy who should not be in the Hall of Fame. That's Bud Seeley. Because he looked like a clown on Capitol Hill <laughs> when they called him on the carpet. All right? He looked like a bozo up there. He knew about steroids. He turned his back on the steroids. That he did. You're right. Fuji's dying laughing. Because... That they were putting fannies in the seats and they were making money. Remember, after the strike in 94 95, canceling the World Series, all right? all right? They needed something to get fans back in the seats. The home run derby. Remember the, the line? Chicks dig the long ball? Yeah. Yep, they did. Right. They did. And Bud Silly was digging as well. <laughs> it's incredible. And, you know, and again, and we'll see because who knows what's going to happen with this fallout here with Major League Baseball? Because again, they go back in another five years to redo this all over again. And I think if we have another lockout in five years from now, if they think they didn't lose a fan base now, wait to another five years from now because it may be done. But uh, Dylan, by the way, let's comment one more. He says Rob Manfred uh, then for Hall of Fame since he was one of the responsible for a lockout. So he, he says, does Rob get in there because now he's responsible for a lockout? Well, Rob Manford has no right being a Hall of Famer, all right? No right whatsoever, all right? He's a lawyer by trade. Now, look, let's be honest. 
They were trying to break the union, led by Jerry Reinsdorf and company. They want to break the union. It's the most powerful union in the world. They wanted to send a, send a message, and they weren't able to do it. Uh, the world of sports, it gets every year it gets better and better. They add the drama and everybody else. It's, it's going to be fantastic. But uh, what I hear as far as when it comes to the sponsor of our show, first of all, I'd like to thank once again and grateful and appreciative of what Philly Sports Trips did today. As you guys can see there in the picture, Bill, you can't see, but I'll describe it here to you with Vince, myself, uh, with Kavanaugh, and then Charlie Manuel. A great turnout today with Philly Sports Trips with a meet and greet with Charlie Manuel. So everyone who, who came out today, Thank you so much for doing what he did because, again, it's much appreciated. And I'm pretty sure Charlie had a lot of fun with everyone out there because you can just see it in him. He was the throwback questions. He was absolutely enjoying. So, again, thank you to our partners over at Philly Sports Trips. You guys, if you're looking to travel with the pros, go to phillysportstrips.com. Book your next sports travel getaway. And if you made it to this one for Clearwater, Orlando, you got treated to some absolutely fantastic weather. So, again, visit phillysportstrips.com. We would appreciate it, along with Tampa Joe's, Mike Goodwin and his group down there at 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida. If you guys want some serious food and a great place to go hang out and go see PJ, the Philly, the South Gang on Eagle Sunday, go out to Tampa Joe's and visit them at tampajoes.com. Great food, a great establishment, and you guys need to take a look at the upgrades down there at Tampa Joe's. Again, Mike Goodwin and crew doing a fantastic job also for larry gilman of course here for our sales solution sales direct solution studios for lgdirect.net if you guys want to call them up at 855-777-3863 855-777-3863 for your business solutions your payment solutions also for your apparel please visit lgdirect.net also big sarge out of houston texas you guys i want you to visit also big sarge and that's with the z instead of the s BigSargeSports.com. Great content that he provides every single day, seven days a week. Also talks about the Texans and the Houston Rockets. So you're from the Texas area, and we thank everyone who tunes in, by the way, from Texas. Please visit BigSargeSports.com. And also on the Andy Kalu Show, Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 Central Standard Time, 11 to 1 Eastern Standard Time. Those guys put on a great show along with Chris Cordy and Jacob Beck behind the glass. And don't forget also our special partnership with Superdraft Pro from the Caesars Rewards, Caesars Playbook, the future of sports, sports fandom. If you guys want to just kick back, relax for a little bit, and you just want to play a couple games there as far as when it comes to the sports book, well, bet it on there, but don't do like we talked about earlier with as far as when it comes to the team. Calvin Ridley, if you're watching this, please don't don't go in there and start betting. We'd appreciate it. But uh, for everyone else, go out there and enjoy yourselves. And again, thanks to uh, – we will get back to eventually the No Filter Network as we try to work out the audio issues over there. And we will stay here as we normally do because I'm going to connect – both sides of the house here so everyone can shake hands kiss babies and make sure that we're all doing good stuff here but bill thank you for joining us tonight again we appreciate you coming on with us thank you for the great knowledge the info and again the history between merle reese and the other stories you told us so thank you so much for joining us tonight on the philly sportstrips.com hotline i really enjoyed this guys mike and angel and the whole group there anytime you need me i'm available and uh Enjoyed uh, March Madness. Enjoyed the upcoming baseball season, the NFL draft. There's so many All things right. happening in the world of sports. I mean, it's a great time to be a sports fan. Sure Thank, 
Thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure having you on, taking Thank you, Bill. You know, your time. Thank you. I hope I lived up to your billing. God, you did an amazing job. Really oh enjoyed God, this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. No problem whatsoever. Uh, Thank you so much. Weekend. We appreciate it. Uh, Lee, appreciate left. it, guys. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. Take care. When it comes down to uh, Lee Money says, you guys, for Renegade Sunday. Renegade Sunday. I'm trying to think what what he's... Lee, I'm trying to figure out exactly what you're saying here. When it comes to you guys for Renegade Sunday. Am I missing something? Maybe he'll say it before we end the show here. But anyways, thank you to everyone. Lee, always good to see you. Obviously, the rest of the Redline Radio LSC gang for Steel City Renegades that you normally do on Sundays during the regular season. Obviously, right now they're off, but you guys can Steel City Renegades. There you go. That's what I thought. So, yeah, with Steel City Renegades here, Redline Radio LLC, if you guys want to check out the great show they put out there for the Steelers fans, and yes, I co-host that show as well, representing the Eagles side of the house. And, Fuji, I will not let you get in a word-wise when it comes because that will cut off your mic in a heartbeat there if you say anything you about Tom, Team 12. Tom Brady jersey yeah, I in knew the it was coming. I knew it was coming. But anyway, just like then, just like what you did to me the, about Tom Brady and uh, me smiling at each other. Good boy. All right, now someone decided to join in here very late stream. Oh boy, here goes into overtime as we got our young Toronto uh, Blue Jay in the house. He, he had to bring out the Canada. Go ahead, Dylan. You have the floor, sir. <laughs> yeah. Once Thank you. Once you go to Canada, you're not coming back, son. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring my poutine with me up to Canada. I got you, boys. But uh, no, I, you better start I learning say, French fast. <laughs> I thought I'd join in. Just got to say, great show. Obviously, I had to get some homework done with uh, college. Busy, as always. Getting ready for our first spring training game on Sunday as our Toronto Blue Jays take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I am very excited for it. And uh, go Jays, baby. Let's do it. World Series champs this year. So he had to come on just for that. That's what he had to come on for. Hey, he kind of came on for other things. I don't know. For let's just say the Tampa Bay Titans, you kind of came on for that. No. I, I get it. The main team broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Titans, that he will take in a pause break for the moment. I will fill in some big shoes here with Dylan coming up next week, first game uh, over the weekend. So it's going to be big shoes to fill. You guys, I, I would, first of all, I never knew that the man was 10 times taller than I am. He's like a tree. Yeah, I had to see, hey, Dylan, how, how's things up there? I mean, the man, it, it's ridiculous. But you know, one day you'll see, he'll make the travel trip up to Philadelphia. He's, I, I was utterly surprised. He came out of the car and almost looked like Manute Bull. Like, does it ever stop? Where, where are you doing? But it's all right. Dylan, great job as always. We can't wait to hear you hear your, to see and hear your progress as far as when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays. We know you got hired as the scoreboard analyst. I don't see that for long, my friend. You're going to be in that booth. Before we know it, but it's okay. Don't forget it. Well, you can forget about Ryan, but don't forget about the rest of us here because Ryan, you know, he's he likes to do his little part time thing, but it's okay right. with his Washington State jersey. We won't hold it against him. We understand. It's are no big deal. The, are you going to be in the booth? What's the movie? What's what's the Sandlot? Are you going to be in the booth like the, the kid uh, the, and uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez? Yeah, maybe, friend maybe. like that. That's, Got a friend like that? that you played I, I, with I do. Um, I do have Jake some buddies. I do have some buddies again who have played, who are on the Blue Jays roster here this spring. So uh, maybe, maybe I'll end up being that. But uh, yes, Tim Hortons does sponsor me. That's a uh, that's official right there. I've been drinking my Tim Hortons coffee recently in my K cups. So 
Oh, I don't have a Tim Hortons up here in Philly. You always no. see it advertised up. Like, you know, it's more like, you know, like in hockey, they have like all the advertisements around the board and stuff. Yeah. Just no, I've seen Tim Hortons never here like in this part of the country. Oh, I think Tim Hortons just got to your feed there. Uh, there it is. Maybe you came back normal now. That's what I, you know, it might be up there towards Reading. Maybe uh, the rank chaser would know. Hey, uh, yeah, Angel, that Fuji, that's where uh, that's where one of the teams are in our in our basketball league that Angel will be broadcasting next week. There's a team up in Reading, the Reading Rebels. You could uh, you could be a broadcaster for them, and then we have come full circle. It'll be Angel and, and Fuji and the yeah, well, rivalry. Or, exactly. Or there you go. Tampa, Tampa <laughs> against Reading, Pennsylvania. That's, that's more as Ryan's neck of the woods. Or is that? The mountain man. Right. Horton, here's a who. Yeah. Well, you're exactly. more of a Pocono guy, aren't you? I'm from the Poconos, yes. Yeah. Good Mary by you. Me. Good Mary by you. Uh, we'll look for Dylan on the 27th in Dunedin. So Rick Woods, apparently he's going out the game there on the 27th. So, it's uh, always playing when yes. they play. Yep. They play the 27th and the uh, the 3rd. Will you be wearing the Blue Jays when the Phillies are? Yeah, I have to. I have no option. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I will not be at that game because I'll be calling the Tampa Bay Titans game. So I will miss that game up there in Dunedin. It's a listen, TD Bank Park, very nice ballpark. I major upgrades. They did an outstanding job over there. I'm not going to knock them, but, but Spectrum Field is going to start going through its renovations. So we'll see what ends up happening over there in Spectrum Field. But for everyone else who tuned in tonight, by the way, thanks to Australia for once again starting to listen to the show. We do appreciate it, along with the nine other countries overseas, Texas, the West Coast, the East Coast, and uh, I guess, I don't know, you want to call it the Mid-Central as well, up there in the neck of the woods where Ryan lives. But uh, thank you to everyone who tunes in. Thank you to everyone who supports the show. Once again, I will state here that on our show, we will keep the Facebook channel for now until we get everything situated with No Filter Network. But understand, folks, and why I keep asking for, and those who listen to the audio download, to make sure you do subscribe also to No Filter Network and more importantly to YouTube because we do get flagged for certain things on Facebook. And that's the whole reason why we've gone away from Facebook for a while for that simple reason. And it doesn't have to be anything major. It's just whenever they feel like it, they can flag you. So therefore, that's why we ask folks to join us on No Filter Network. Also, more importantly, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We get paid zero money for the stuff, you guys. And I can't say that anymore. My panel, they know it. And the one who puts the bill around here is yours truly. And I do it because I love doing this. And I do it because I love the guys in it that are here in this room. And they absolutely know it. So please do us a favor. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you guys won't miss any future broadcasts. And we really would appreciate it. Sean, thank you so much. We do appreciate it. With a uh, good show tonight, guys. Along with Rick, Lee, uh, who else had tuned in earlier? Joseph, down here in Florida. You had tuned in. And thanks again for watching the show, Tom. Uh, and everyone else, Al, especially. Our brother over there on the other side. Yes, Fuji? I was going to say, technically, we're not in the room with you. But we're all in these four and, boxes. And right? That's why you meet us, Mike, because once again, you've got to be an Albert Einstein. I get it. I understand it. Good gravy. Let it go to the Godfather. Yes. Thank you for making that. 
more than abundant obvious, but thank you. But for everyone else, for my producer, Debbie, over there in Studio B, for Dylan, the Toronto Blue Jay, Brian F., our national correspondent, and the co-host with the most out there in Northeast Philly. I'm Angel. Thank you guys for watching the show. We will see Have you a good next weekend. Tuesday. And by the way, next Tuesday, we will have Chris. And I'm not going to mention this show from yet, but we will have a Philly blogger with us come next Tuesday for the first time ever, him ever being part of a podcast. So this should be fun come next Tuesday. Join us next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Yes, we'll be back here again on Facebook next Tuesday. So don't miss out on the show again until we get everything situated in No Filter Network. Until then, please take care of one another. Enjoy life because you are not guaranteed tomorrow. With that, yes, Fuji. Say go birds, go sexers, go fighting fills. <laughs> And go Jays. Dylan. Uh, see, I knew it was coming. So and, go, oh, and by the way, TB12, Champa Bay, baby. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> he knew get it was that coming. garbage out of here, you fraud. See, and that's what, that's what you get. Get that garbage out of here. And for everyone else, listen, have a great night. We will see you all come next week. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>